Hello and welcome to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. This podcast does contain occasional strong language and adult themes. If you are averse to spoilers for the film that is listed in the title, please tune out now, go watch the movie, or, like us, stop at the intermission, watch the movie, and resume the podcast after. This episode also contains spoilers for Funny Games. Thanks for coming along on this ride with us. Please enjoy. You once said that uh, you like to make an audience scream through technical means. What is it about an audience screaming that you like? Now, those are the kind of questions uh, that the film buffs like to ask. They expect an awful lot of the sort of material that I don't tell anybody. And it was a nightmare. It was an eye-opener. Ignorance. Sheer ignorance. You know, there's no confidence to equal it. I don't have any problem with enjoying a big blockbuster. I'm not a fascist of those boring art movies which when they are over you are glad that they are over and then you celebrate it just as a kind of a superstitious measure i will talk about it so that i don't have to see it again or whatever so in a way our, our broadcast was an assault on the uh, credibility of that machine we wanted people to understand that they shouldn't take any opinion predigested and they shouldn't swallow everything that came through the tap we had uh, Orson Welles, Albert Hitchcock, John Ford, Howard Hawks, Roman Polanski. We had uh, Antonioni. We did, it was unbelievable time to listen to these guys talk. Hello and welcome to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I am joined by Michael. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. That is good to hear. Well, today, instead of exchanging salutations ad nauseum, we are going to talk about a movie. But before we do, mm-hmm. as normal for this podcast, I'd like to ask a generic question mm-hmm. to get an idea of where your head is when it comes to movies in general. So, I'm going to ask you this question. What would you say is your favorite heist film? My favorite heist film. Ooh. There are a lot of heist films out there and movies that are heist films but don't feel like it. This is a hard one because I, you know, I like the Oceans movies. They're fun. Mm-hmm. They're heisty. I don't know that they're like, I love them to say that they're my favorite. You know what? Uh, my favorite, we're stealing a carpet heist movie, The Big Lebowski. That's a heist film, right? You know what? <laughs> I'll allow it. At the end of the day, they're trying to get the dude's rug back. Yeah. I mean... I don't know if I'd say it's a traditional heist film, but I will respect yeah. the pick. I feel like everyone's going on their own individual <clears throat> heist in that movie. There's the guy who's trying to embezzle a million dollars. There's the lady who's trying to get it back without getting the police involved. That's all very heisty according to the man sitting across from you right now. I could argue with you on that point, but I don't think I <laughs> you will. You should. You should, though. I th- well, all right. So <laughs> let me let me give you sort of a few of, yeah. a few of mine here, right? Mm-hmm. So I think my favorite, at least in recent memory, and I know that there are a lot out there, right, mm-hmm. that I've seen, and a couple are sort of, I'm going to honorable mention them, but maybe my favorite is To Catch a Thief. I've not seen that. The one with Leonardo DiCaprio based off a true story? No. Okay, well, there might have been a To Catch a Thief starring Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm thinking of a different movie. Oh, uh, but Catch Me is... If You Can, sorry. That's the one I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, um, you've thrown everything into sorry. doubt, but it's the one starring Cary Grant. Okay, yeah. It's just a very good, well-done sort of like, you know, uh, he's, he's this art thief from the war, like, you mm-hmm. know, and he's like living in like, uh, yeah. I think, southern france or something like that monaco one of those Mm -hmm. countries 
and basically he has to you know do another job and okay, yada, yada, yeah. yada. like it, it's it's really good it's mm-hmm. a it's a great movie um and again i'll always stand for cary grant in in any kind of role another really good heist movie that i wouldn't think of off the top of my head is the fantastic mr fox it's i guess more of a jail breakout movie but it still feels very heisty the way they go about it anyway uh, but it was grace kelly okay. was the person who was yeah. opposite <laughs> Cary Grant. Yeah, I've seen like parts of that movie, but never the whole thing all the way through. But but basically, I mean, it's really good. Like he's yeah. basically like he, he has to do another heist so that he can basically like catch another yeah. thief who's <laughs> at large. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it's a really good plot. Uh, it's a fun movie. It's mm-hmm. got good actors in it. But the other ones that I would say probably are sort of up there with me are Gambit, which is Michael Caine. Uh, oh. similarly in like the, it's like very early Michael okay, Caine yeah. too. Like sort of circa, like even probably earlier than his original Sleuth. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. So it's, it's like really vintage Michael Caine. It's a very wow, good movie. Yeah. Very fun. Uh, again. And the other one is more, much more modern, but Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. That is a good one. Another yeah. one I don't think of a lot. I would almost put that as my favorite, but I can't necessarily say it's just a heist film. <laughs> uh, I guess the other two honorable mentions that I'll give you here are Logan Lucky Okay. Which is phenomenal heist film. I don't know that I would say I would put it quite on the level of To Catch a Thief, but it's mm-hmm. very close. And then also Baby Driver. Which I've not seen. Which Oof. is... Yeah. I know a lot of people have opinions on that movie, uh, good and bad, and also opinions about the so one of the actors <laughs> in that movie who may or may not be a scumbag <laughs> of the highest order. Uh, but the movie was great, mm-hmm. I think. And yeah. it was a good heist film and a great sort of like driving movie. So yeah. anyway, those are kind of mine. I don't know. I don't know if that changes any. <laughs> when I think of a heist movie, all right, so we're going to go into, I'm going to get into this with you and just completely yeah. ignore everything else going on here, right? When I think of a heist movie, you, someone has to have a plan to do a thing. Mm-hmm. And then usually thing X goes awry and then mm-hmm. you have to like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm sort of like improvising on the spot mm-hmm. i would almost even say even though i haven't really seen many of them like probably the mission impossible movies mm-hmm. are really heist films yeah so i guess if you really just loosely define it like big lebowski maybe a heist film but i think really that's just more of a to me lebowski feels like much more of a just a the circumstances of a dude trying to just make his way through the universe and get his rug back <laughs> And some of it might be heisty, Mm -hmm. but I think it's just him, like, by the virtue of the dude's character who's not necessarily intending to commit really many crimes, I think he just is like, if he commits a crime, he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. I think the intentional act of committing the crime of burglary has (laughs) to be present, which, (laughs) again, I think you could make the argument that Big Lebowski's there. So I'm going to leave that there for other people (laughs) in the audience to get mad about, (laughs) and they can... At you on your non-existent Twitter account. Hey, I have an existent Twitter account, and it's very active as of, like, circa 20XX. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I've tweeted. You have tweeted. Two or three times, maybe. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're going to get into away from heist films into a very different, Ooh. but somewhat tangentially related genre, I guess, mm-hmm. to heist films. So, I'm going to give you a summary for this movie. A bitter rivalry, drop-dead fashion, attempted murder, and ice skating all come together in this film based on the true events surrounding the 1994 U.S. Olympic figure skating team. It's blood and black lace. (laughs) 
from 1964. Yeah. yeah. Directed by... Um, wait, 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 wait. From 1964, about the 1984 US... 1994, yes. Oh, gosh. This is a very... This <laughs> Anachronistic is, This is a time movies. travel oh, movie. Okay. Dude, I'm down for this. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, no, it, it is... Uh, yeah, um, many decades previous, they, they predicted all of the events. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> I was hoping someone would... like. I was hoping you would get that right away, where it's like, wait a second... <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, but it was directed by Mario Bava. Mm-hmm. So this movie is, and I actually kind of want to go into, because this will springboard off of it very well. Mm-hmm. I want to go into the trivia first okay. and foremost, because the, the first question will be ruined if I don't. Okay. Um, so question number one, which I've written down as question number two, because I was an idiot. Right on. This film marks the beginning of what popular genre in Italian cinema? Is it A, the spaghetti western? B, Poliziotesco, which is the crime action genre. Or is it C, Giallo, which is slasher thrillers? What? Uh, so A, Spaghetti go. Western, which is pretty pretty yeah. explanatory. Yeah. Uh, B, Poliziotesco, which is crime and action. Or C, Giallo, which is slasher thriller. So this is why you had to ask the question first, is because I have no idea what this movie's about. So it could be any of these three things. Um, if I had a three-sided die, I would roll it right now. Or a <laughs> six-sided die, and I guess one and two are number one. Let me just roll this real quick in my head. Um, blood and black lace makes me lean more towards a giallo. I don't know when the first Giallo movie came out, so I'll go number two, Polizio Tesca, and whoever can actually pronounce that, I apologize for my hashing. Uh, yeah, Polizio Tesco, okay. uh, I believe, how it's pronounced. But if you go Giallo, you're correct. Ah, oh, dang. It is, okay. it is Giallo. Well, that's promising, though, because I've not seen any Giallos, but have wanted to. Uh, yeah, and so the plot actually mm-hmm. is... Uh, a masked shadowy killer brutally murders models of a scandalous fashion house in Rome. Oh, okay. To kind of, I guess, get into this a little bit, but this is Mario Bava and Blood and Black Lace from 1964 is traditionally considered, again, the first giallo film. Okay. Which then you get a lot of other movies. I mean, you'll get especially like the, uh, a lot of, pretty much all of Dario Argento's career is giallos. <laughs> yeah. Like Suspiria tenebrae opera and then you have uh i can't remember the other gentleman who's very big in the genre but there's the one uh whoever did cat of nine tales there's a lot of there's a lot of that and generally Mm -hmm. speaking from my experience with giallo it's a very specific sort of mystery thriller where you have a lot of like people dying Mm -hmm. it's almost very pulpy okay in a way right suspiria kind of was on the extreme and horror (laughs) end of that where it's like Instead of being questionably human, maybe sometimes supernatural, this is straight up like there's some devil stuff going on here, right? Like yeah, there's some yeah. witch, witchy things happening. <laughs> so this I've been excited to see for a while because mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. This kind of marks the beginning of that whole giallo thing. And I'm, I'm excited to see kind of where it goes because I, I, don't, I don't know much about it. Like I said, I've seen a bunch of the bigger giallos out mm-hmm. there this is counted among them but like i've never really gone back and seen it so you've never seen a giallo at all ever at least to your knowledge yeah, yeah I, I don't watch a lot of italian cinema <laughs> <laughs> well i mean 
I don't generally partake of much Italian anything, but <laughs> Italian cinema, I think, is probably the best thing to come out of Italy. Okay. Any one of you can fight me in real life about the virtues or non-virtues of Italian food because it mostly sucks. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go into the trivia here, I guess, to kind of get a little bit more of this uh, and go into it with you. So question number two, which I wrote as question number one, but it's hey, question number yeah. two, uh, is due to his extremely low budget, director Mario Bava had to do what for the film? Was it A, purchase the wardrobe from thrift stores? <laughs> B, used his son's wagon for tracking shots? Or C, paid the crew primarily with food and wine? Oh, that's the most Italian sounding thing ever, though. <laughs> I was really hoping for, since it's like a slasher film, had to exsanguinate like his own wife to get blood for the for the uh, uh, scenes where somebody gets killed. Oh, food and wine that can get pretty expensive, right? That that sounds like a oh this this is a really good question, and I hate you because <laughs> I really don't know how much uh, you know those tracking camera things or whatever steady cams really cost. I can see cutting costs by just grabbing your son's wagon, greasing the wheels a little bit, making sure the axles are nice, and going, all right, we did it. I like the whimsy of that, too, with the slasher film element coming in, so let's go with that. He stole his son's wagon. You are correct. Oh, you yeah. are, you're two for two. Uh, he dude, did. One he, for he, two. One he for used, two. Uh, all right, what did you say on the first one? I said one? on the first one, I said Polizio Tesco. Oh, I, I thought you said Giallo. Yeah. Nah. I wasn't listening at all, apparently. <laughs> no. I was like... Oh, okay. So, <laughs> no, all right. Good. So you are you're you're tied here. You yeah. are you're one for two. Yeah. I, this this whole episode, I'm just thrown <laughs> off. Uh, I guess of my entire game. But yeah. Um. So he did use his son's wagon for tracking shots because yeah, he couldn't afford like like to, to buy the equipment to do tracking shots. Wow. As as you normally yeah. would. And I don't think that they're generally horrendously expensive, as far as I'm aware. Um. At least the old ones, because mm -hmm. I've seen old like like sort of you. you the, the the most expensive thing with them i think is the man hours it takes to assemble them mm -hmm. because most of what it is is it's a lot of like hydraulics or springs mm -hmm. that are generally on like a it's essentially like this boom mic that i've got yeah. right here right it's that's exactly what it is except it's heavier duty mm -hmm. and it's usually on some sort of like you put it on a track or you put it onto again like you would put it onto something like a wagon or a car yeah. or a train track um and that's the the most the most you would do with it. Now, I, I don't know how expensive they actually were, but I, mm -hmm. I can't imagine them being too horrendously expensive. Yeah. At least, you know, the ingenuity with which to you would need to make them, I think I could probably make a, a pretty decent one if I had enough springs and metal <laughs> scraps lying around and yeah. maybe some soldering iron or a welder. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have some know-how you can yeah. do it. But I, yeah, it is It is funny that he like, yeah, he just, he just didn't, didn't have the money for that and he's like all right well we're just i'm just gonna steal my son's wagon and that's what it's what it's gonna be which is funny because mario bava when i was looking up a little bit more about him himself he actually is credited more as a cinematographer really than like or a director or like a director of photography mm -hmm. than a director wow so this is one of these ones where it's like all right yeah he he clearly knows how to shoot these movies and I think this was, this one actually wasn't was not like horrendously early on in his career because mm -hmm. a lot of his career was in the 30s and 40s as well. Oh. So this is like in the middle of oh, his wow. middle to end of his career, or he started. Almost like doing he this. just couldn't get funding for the movie. 
Yeah, I, and I think that's probably what it was because again, you're exploring a new genre. Yeah, and that's that's a risk for investors. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily a real, really a new genre, right? Mm -hmm. Can you, I guess, demark a time where you think that like, all right, here's a new genre that we haven't explored before and it just came onto the scene and now there's like, oh, there's all these movies. That That's getting down into a lot of minutiae and weeds, man. Uh, no. No. <laughs> I'm just not answering that one. No. I think you, you can do it a little bit here. I, I think that maybe for at least this we'll keep it to the cinema because mm -hmm. like tv kind of has a lot of this stuff where mm -hmm. it's like tv can do some stuff because you definitely had a lot of sci-fi stuff mm -hmm. but i think that like you know you obviously had like the big budget the big budget sci-fi i mm -hmm. think with star wars really kind of like because yeah. you had sci-fi movies before mm -hmm. right but you didn't yeah. have any like this is a this is meant to be like a big mm -hmm. visual effects you know not be not well, it was a B movie, but I yeah. think you can do that. But yeah, you do get into the weeds a lot with it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just I just can't think of any off the top of my head where you really have other than that one where you mm -hmm. just have here's the clear demarcation of mm -hmm. the beginning of a genre. Yeah, that's that's only for me. That's especially difficult because I don't know a lot of movie history, so I'd have to go back and do a lot of looking into it. When did this movie come out? What did people consider this genre to be at the time? Kind of stuff. So. Ooh. Yeah, I think where I really kind of go back and I see this is you you have like a lot of the like the 1930s, I think the the American noir. And I, I don't know that I would say that I know the demarcation of where mm -hmm. it is, but you have those early like John Huston, mm -hmm. like noirs with Humphrey Bogart. Mm -hmm. Those are kind of the defining of the genre. You have others around that time, but I don't know where that would start. But mm -hmm. I, I imagine like, yeah, like you have you have a point where someone had to have mm -hmm. made the first noir, like the Americanized yeah. noir, which were based on. German expressionism mm -hmm. and a little bit of French new wave here and there. Mm -hmm. And then you had like, you know, obviously like Hitchcock, but I think really where it comes down to is that I think it's a foreign concept, right? And maybe it's actually a literally foreign concept mm -hmm. of having a, a genre be so defined mm -hmm. and having a clear demarcation of starting because here, whenever I think, especially of like American movies, I think like, oh, I think in terms of the director and the style of movie that they mm -hmm. make, right? Yeah. I don't think of like, here's the genre of movie because I think that like, yeah, the genre always existed in some form or another, right? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Even maybe not, not on the silver screen, form, yeah. but maybe like in a in, book in a book or take plays or book. something. And it's yeah. hard for me to distinguish that, but you kind of have to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just sort of an interesting Ooh. thought experiment yeah. <laughs> of like, where does a genre like... I mean, I would like to go back, and now that I've been thinking about this, yeah. what was the first traditionally accepted Americanized like yeah. detective noir story, yeah. right? I feel like with a lot of that, it would almost be as the technology developed, it's more clear-cut, oh, this is when they started doing this kind of movie. Like, clearly you can't really do a musical if there's no sound. Like, you can do dance numbers, sure, but you're not going to have anybody singing unless they're in the movie theater there singing up until we had sound and it was good enough that audio quality didn't suck and you know all that stuff happened yeah which i feel like you could probably do easily with like screwball comedies because yeah. screwball comedies you are predicated on <laughs> like sound the, the fast talking, talking wisecracker bah, 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 bah. yeah yeah versus Rapid like fire back and forth and exactly <laughs> this is interesting because it is a it is a threat a, ma a mashup of thrillers and slashers mm -hmm. which we don't really think of odd nowadays, I think, right? No. And it's actually 
It's odd that this is a slasher because I think of slashers as coming into vogue with Halloween and uh, Friday the 13th. And like, oh, that's when we started seeing slasher films, right? Uh, completely ignoring like serial killer movies where it's just, it's a thriller. Yeah, like I guess um, even like Psycho. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah, yeah. Even like, oh gosh, oh gosh, all the way back. Um but yeah, I, to to think of this as like 1964 as a slasher film, oh okay, that yeah, it works, is interesting to kind of think that way. I, I don't know. Um, In this episode, Mike's pushed the pushes the boundaries of Michael's brain when it comes to genre and when things happen. Like Mount Vesuvius just erupted like three days ago, I'm pretty sure, which is why we have Giallo slasher films in 1964. And also, the 1964 movie is covering the 1994 U.S. Olympic team ice skating fiascos. It, yeah, as an aside, mm -hmm. uh, and I had to double check that I was right on this, and I was, but the word giallo is Italian for yellow. Oh. And the reason why it is, is that it derives its term from a series of cheap paperback mystery and crime novels with yellow covers that were popular in Italy. Wow. And okay. that is why it's okay. called giallo. That's um, but it's basically designating essentially some sort of thriller and, and slashers, right? Mm -hmm. But there's also almost always in a giallo, there's some sense of mystery, mm -hmm. right? You have yeah. a, a mysterious killer mm -hmm. that's out there and someone, the police or someone is trying to solve it. I guess yeah. in the case of Suspiria, right? You mm -hmm. have the main character of Susie who's trying to unravel this mystery that's happening around mm -hmm. her. And there are police in that movie, but it's not quite as pronounced, right? Okay. But you do have in like the other movies like, um, you know, Cat of Nine Tales and stuff like that where you have more of this police presence and mm -hmm. this sort of uh, thrillery sort of essence. I guess the more modern thing that I could really compare Giallo to is uh, maybe Silence of the Lambs. Okay, yeah. Where it, it does have... It has that sort of slasher element. There mm -hmm. are some... Now, again, a, a giallo doesn't shy away from, like, not showing, like, you know, mm -hmm. hey, there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of gore. <laughs> yeah. and, and frankly, in a lot of them, there's a lot of, like, sex in okay. them. So it, it's sort of like the three, like, like the, you know, there's a bunch of deadly sins in here. There's yeah. sex, violence, gore. You know, there's all of that there. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of pulpy okay. in a way. And I think that's what really defines the genre is that, whereas Silence of the Lambs mm -hmm. is a... You know, it's a great character study with mm -hmm. great characters, and it's it's serious, right? Okay. It's taking itself very seriously. It has these other elements. Giallo is maybe not necessarily always meant to be serious and mm -hmm. and real. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be sort of a a pulpy version of real life. Uh, asking a question as the ignoramus is: Are these? Is there like a, an element of provocativeness in this where it's like it's got the sex and the violence and the these are bad things that we don't normally show in movies unless they're bad is it trying to do something like that i think that they were also pushing the envelope with what they could get away with on mm -hmm. these two i don't know the exact history of this but i know that there were with these earlier giallos there were where there was a lot of censorship okay yeah. um in this one in particular and in the trivia there was actually a uh, and it wasn't necessarily the sex as much because mm. Europeans are much more open about that open about that sort yeah. of stuff like nudity, sex yeah. stuff. But violence was a lot more mm -hmm. not as as open over mm -hmm. there, right? Whereas you had over here, like you had the ethics code, the hey, I think it was the Hayes code, 
something like in that. Hollywood. Sounds good. Where basically, like, you couldn't have extreme violence. You mm-hmm. couldn't have extreme gore. You couldn't have, you know, nudity. Yeah. You couldn't have extreme profanity. <laughs> Over there, there was less of a an emphasis on a lot of these things. But even still, they got into trouble. And I know that in general terms, I think this movie had some things that they had to just cut out. Like, there's a scene of a one of the models getting their face burned oh, off. yeah. And they had to, like, scale it back. Wow. Like, yeah. very much so. Okay. Um, so this is, there, there's there's a lot of, for 1964, I feel like we're going to probably be maybe, like, we're going to probably be, at least I know for my part, mm-hmm. if I'm thinking about it in terms of that, like, I'm not, I'm not one to get shocked by gore and stuff, but mm-hmm. I think I'm going to be shocked that it's in a movie of this time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is the thing. And I think you even see that in, like, Spaghetti Westerns, right? Mm-hmm. You see it's a lot grittier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but nothing, like, horrendous necessarily, at least in the ones that I've seen. It's not like, you know, model getting her face roasted. That's that's horrendous as opposed to, ah, I'm the guy with the gun and I shoot a few other people. Maybe, you know, there's worse things in there, but nothing like serious body horror, which I guess I would put, I would put at least face roasting into body horror almost yeah i would put that in there too and i think most slashers generally will fall under body horror Mm -hmm. depending on how like how you shy away or not Mm -hmm. basically Uh, because if it's like you know if it's like psycho like Mm -hmm. i wouldn't put that into body horror at all like that's that's a thriller slasher Mm -hmm. right like it's not a psychological thriller i guess Mm -hmm. Uh, more so than a horror film, uh-huh. I wouldn't... Psychological thriller. Yeah, Gah, psychological thriller. Hey, yeah. picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> but again, you do have that, I guess, that element of it is kind of still considered a slasher film. Mm-hmm. And it's not really... Like, Hitchcock does a lot of that sort of... like he pu- Hitchcock pushes the envelope yeah. here in the U.S. But you see a lot of these other movies, you know, that are giallos, and they do have, again, the, just that mystery... Um, and, and also too, they don't necessarily feel like they're real life, right? Mm-hmm. Cause if you've ever seen like screenshots of especially Suspiria, but most giallos, they have like this weird technicolor dreaminess that like okay, a lot yeah. of like, I'm trying to think of other sort of movies that would have this, like a lot of sixties movies and mm-hmm. early seventies, like that technicolor sort of bubble pop yeah. beach boys feel, right? Imagine yeah, yeah. that, but also Ooh. with blood. <laughs> okay it's, yeah. it's very dreamy and and mm-hmm. and and dream like it's like a gritty dreamy okay yeah and it, it's Ooh. very hard to explain right <laughs> without and having seen it before i'm like my mind is going a million different places none of them i imagine are correct no i <laughs> and, and like i said i'm not i'm not an aficionado of giallos okay, i yeah. my my knowledge of them is relatively recent i think probably the first giallo i, I probably ever saw um was suspiria and it's definitely much more of a horror film than mm-hmm. than an actual traditional sort of slasher thriller. Although it does have those elements in it, it just mm-hmm. also has the added bonus of there's supernatural shenanigans happening. Oh, yeah. But I think the first one that I saw after that, because it was years and years and years until I saw it, I think when I, for like a year or so, I had a, a Shutter account. Mm-hmm. And if Shutter wants to sponsor me and give me a Shutter <laughs> account again, please hit me up, Shutter. <laughs> like, shout out. Like, I liked 
having that but you know what i'll chill for you if you'll give me movies please <laughs> but i like just being able to like kind of go on there and they had a lot of giallos and i think cat of nine tails was one of the mm-hmm. ones that i saw and i can't name but i watched like three or four in a row like i was on a kick with these and i don't some of them were like cat of nine tails is good man i think they even listed them mostly in like their italian names too so like <laughs> i don't even remember what i watched yeah. but i remember there was this one where they were basically in like this motel where a bunch of people were going into it and there was a cop trying to figure out he was pursuing a lead in there but then there were like all of these other people who were tangentially related and they were none of the people who were who they say it said they were and there were like people watching other people through one-way mirrors you know you know one-way mirrors and like you know through the walls like watching people get kinky or something you know it, it was just all sorts of interesting weird stuff and but it all had that sort of like gritty dream pop feel mm-hmm. right where it just it feels ethereal but at the yeah. same time dark mm-hmm. it's a very unique way of making the world and i think what it is is that they they have a lot of darkness in these movies mm-hmm. but when they have color the color pops okay yeah right and, and it's and it's very again i, I want to say ethereal and <laughs> it's probably not the the correct way of saying this and i'm sure there are people out there who are way more into giallos than me mm-hmm. Uh, who will say it but i mean for my part i i think that when i was younger i didn't necessarily uh, i wouldn't have liked them as much mm-hmm. and on my revisit of suspiria uh recently i think i enjoyed it a lot more because mm-hmm. i realized it's not trying to be realistic and gritty yeah. it's trying to be this weird fever dream gritty okay yeah. i guess fever dream yeah. is more of the <laughs> fever dream yeah is more of the idea of it right okay. i think um a toned down fear and loathing in Las Vegas, if you've ever seen that. I have not. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> what we're getting to is Michael hasn't seen a lot of movies, and this is not helping. <laughs> yeah. I'm, anyway, I am in for a trip. I, I think so. I, I'm very excited to see this movie, because I want to see just kind of where it started, yeah. right? I want to see just honestly how it is, because it's, <laughs> it's interesting. But anyway, we still have one more question. Oh, of trivia. You are, wow. you are One for two. One, one for two. So, Blood and Black Lace is critically acclaimed, and credited for kickstarting as we mentioned before the italian giallo movement how did it do at the box office was it a very well mm-hmm. the top grossing film of the year was it b okay made its meager budget back plus a little bit more or was it c horrible it wasn't even the top 100 grossing films of that year <laughs> uh this is kind of difficult because when i think of critically acclaimed i think of rotten tomatoes the critics give it a hundred percent and the audience <clears throat> didn't like it at all because movie's actually bad but the critics want you to think it's good but this is 1964 and they didn't have rotten tomatoes back then the internet hadn't come and saved us with all of its porn uh, <laughs> uh i and it's a slasher film those normally don't make a huge amount of money I'm going to go with B. It made its money back. And You're going to go with B? Yeah. You are wrong. It it didn't even make the top 100. Wow. That shouldn't of surprise me. Of films in Italy. And Oh, gosh. that I should have asked that because I'm like, there's no way it made the top 100. But uh, I don't know. There's a lot of film. Whatever. Who cares? I'll let they it They made go. a lot of movies in Italy in the <laughs> 60s, man. Like, the, the film scene was hopping. Again, so when I going back to that first question that I mm-hmm. had, spaghetti westerns, yeah. the 60s, that was when yeah. they were all start kicking off. 
Polizio Tesco's, mm-hmm. that's when those were all kicking off. Oh, that was a really tricky question if I knew anything about Italian film history. I was hoping the Spaghetti Western part would get you. I was considering that too, but I'm like, mm, there's no way. You the, just threw yeah, that in there. Because no, it's familiar to me. These were all like, in the 60s, these were the three big genres that kind of came out of Italian okay, cinema. Yeah. Or at least emerged as like the, the leaders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it barely wow. made any money at all. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I think in the years since, like if you actually go on to, um, and I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, I think, let me see. I've got uh, got IMDb mm. right on my phone. IMDb itself, which this is no this is no small feat because IMDb kind of skews downward, yeah. right? Like you never get anything above a nine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's out of 10 stars. It has a 7.2 of 10. Wow. Yeah, that, that's actually good. And I think on like Rotten Tomatoes, it's like it's almost like uh, I want to say it's like in the in the upper seventies, if not eighties. Okay. On the like certified fresh, and I think yeah. that's both on the viewer side and the critic side. Wow, that that does say something. <clears throat> Which is very interesting. So I I feel like it may have just even been also like ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah, that bodes well for it. So this could be actually a. I mean, for a lot of people, a hidden gem that was just kind of lost, but you spurred this whole movement of giallo films that kind of got their success without <laughs> when this movie fell into the dust when it was made. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of funny. That is interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a lot really to say mm-hmm. about giallos more than I've already said, especially since you don't really know a lot about them. Yeah. In general terms, what do you look for, I guess, in a... I guess a, like a mystery or a thriller, mm-hmm. right? Because I wanted to see like where we kind of come out on the mm-hmm. other side of this one. I don't really know that I have an answer to that question, yeah. but I feel like this movie, they're so unique, the Giallos, and it's so mm-hmm. hard to kind of quantify what they are to explain to someone who's never seen one. Mm-hmm. I think you just have to watch one. And I generally, again, I would have always said like, hey, it's not really that much of a Giallo, but I would start with Suspiria because mm-hmm. again, I'm a horror fan. Yeah. Like I like starting there yeah. because... That's where I started. <laughs> but it's different because it's not always that supernatural horror element. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, sometimes there's just a killer that's just a person who's just kind of <laughs> yeah. messed up. Um, what, what do you look for when you look into like a, a, a mystery movie or even like a thriller? For mysteries and thrillers, I, I mean, obviously I want to be kept guessing for at least a large majority of the movie. Um, what I'm worried about is if there's these odd fantastical kind of fever dreamy elements, if when, when I get to the end, if there is that wrapped up conclusion where it says, by the way, the killer was actually the banker the whole time. Ha ha. And they pull off his mask. Um, if I don't see the dots connecting point A to point B, it, it doesn't leave me, it, it kind of leaves me with a sour taste in my mouth. I'm not disappointed but I like to be able to at least try to logic my way to the end before we get there. And yeah. when I'm wrong, I'm generally happier because, aha, you guys did a really excellent job of pointing all the fingers at the banker, but it turns out it was this guy over here. But it still makes sense. Um, but as, as long as you keep me moving through the movie trying to figure it out but also keeping a few steps ahead of me as far as there's information that's coming and then throwing it at me but wait there's more information that's still coming i'm like ah but i'm still trying to piece together what happened in the last thing and i've got my pegboard up there with a thousand little yeah and you're charlie day just like ah i got it (laughs) 
and then you, yeah. you really don't. Um, yeah, because that's the problem with a lot of mysteries and thrillers for me is they either move too slow or there was no way you were going to figure out what was going to happen because it's just pulled straight out of their ass in the last 10 seconds of the movie. It's a ha! It was this guy who hasn't been on screen for more than two seconds. Good job. It's funny because I feel like I like mystery movies that move faster, mm-hmm. right? Or I like them... I, I don't like any... I don't like the sort of in-between stuff. I want mm-hmm. them to move either incredibly slow, mm-hmm. and I can't even really name a lot off the top of my head where I'm like, oh, that's a slow mystery that mm-hmm. I like. But there are movies where I'm just like, I've been kept guessing. Mostly those tend to get into horror, right? Yeah. Where it's like the slow mystery is the mm-hmm. one where it's building tension. Yeah. And so that's... that's goes more into the thriller side of things but you're right if it's if i'm just looking for a pure mystery i tend to like something that's a little bit more of a breakneck where it's like i can Mm -hmm. maybe keep up with it but i think the thing is with mysteries if they if the pacing is too slow Mm -hmm. they allow you time as the audience member Mm -hmm. to guess beforehand which i think is going with what you were saying Mm -hmm. i feel like i like the breakneck pacing of things Mm -hmm. uh when it comes to a pure mystery movie okay now if it's a slasher or mm-hmm. a you know or 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 something like that or even a th- or a thriller, I'm probably going to skew more towards the I want it to move slow mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I like build up, mm-hmm. and if it moves too fast, then you ruin the build up, right? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like there's almost an uh, an inherent within the genre itself, the magnetic poles are pushing each other <laughs> away, right? Yeah. Like it's it's you're not you're not there's no attraction there. You're trying mm-hmm. to like put the uh, well, the, the poles are the ones that attract, but it's the the opposite. So basically, you're you're trying mm-hmm. to put the 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 similar poles together, mm-hmm. and so yeah. like <laughs> I, they don't quite fit. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be interesting uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to that. Yeah, I I definitely also am in the same boat. I I don't want to have things spoiled, but I think at mm-hmm. the same time, as long as everything is still visually interesting. Mm-hmm and fun i think i can have a fun time with the movie and i think that's where maybe the giallos kind of end up being a little bit more unique because mm-hmm. they really aren't they aren't traditional western cinema right they yeah. take a lot of the tropes that we have here instead of like the the sort of like i guess i don't really want to say anglicized but like the anglicized <laughs> yeah. sort of like tropes that we have in films like they yeah. definitely take them in a different way because we don't they don't have those tropes there mm-hmm. and that's part of the giallo it's the soul like it's it's italy right mm-hmm. it's the same way that you can look at a spaghetti western and a and an american western mm-hmm. and say ah here are the differences they're they're clear and distinct yeah like they're still westerns <laughs> like they still have the same general elements it's just how mm-hmm. they kind of get there and what they focus on are a little bit different okay i yeah. think it's going to be the the shadowy mystery mm-hmm. and it's going to have it's going to have violence it's going to have some gore it's going to mm-hmm. have sex uh, generally speaking, mm-hmm. some of them don't. I mean, actually, Suspiria really didn't have nudity. If I want to, if I remember right, it may have had some mild nudity, mm-hmm. but it didn't have like there wasn't anything like really sexual about it. Okay, but like yeah. the other giallos that I've seen that tend to be less in the horror side of things, which is mm-hmm. weird for a horror movie. Like, yeah. oh yeah, you think those classic horror yeah. films? <laughs> oh yeah, you know, oh you kids are banging by my lake, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But but Suspiria doesn't have that, but some of the other ones that I've seen definitely stray into that more mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is kind of pulpy, this is kind of, you're kind of getting naughty here, guys. All right, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're pushing the envelope. Um, anyway, that that's that's mostly what I've got on this mm-hmm. one. I'm, I'm very excited to watch this movie. I've 
ever since I kind of dabbled into Giallo a little bit and mm -hmm. got back into it from Suspiria, I've been kind of like, this has been kind of tantalizing me. And ever since a few other movies that I've seen recently where mm -hmm. they were of that same era um, that we've covered on this show, mm -hmm. where I'm like, I just want to see some of those older films to see if they really do hold up and if yeah. I actually like them. Because I, I don't I don't tend to like these older movies. Mm -hmm. as, far, as, as, as far as when it comes to like these 60s and 70s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love... I love, for the most part, 40s and 50s cinema, even mm -hmm. some 30s cinema, and some silence, frankly, like mm -hmm. all the way from silence to probably the 50s. But I think American cinema in the 60s and 70s, for some reason, it just doesn't resonate with me. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of, all of the the giallos and foreign, especially spaghetti westerns that mm -hmm. I've seen, they haven't been bad. Yeah. Right? Okay. So I wonder if it's maybe just the fact that, like, I get Italy from, like, the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Maybe it's also because Italy from the 60s and 70s also, I don't know, maybe they just feel like they're older to me. I don't mm. know. Yeah. Who knows? Hard I don't know. What, what What else do you uh, have on giallos, mysteries, slashers, oh I, uh, foreign cinema? <laughs> I don't know. At least as far as this movie's concerned, I'm excited to watch it because it's going to be new to me. At least the stylization of it is going to be foreign to haha <laughs> foreign to me because i've never seen a giallo i mean i've seen weird stylized movies but nothing that i think is quite what this is as mm -hmm. far as giallos since it's a slasher film i normally shy away from those because they're not good unless they have a cool mystery and since they're supposed to be mystery here i'm excited and it's from the sixth it's it's the start of a genre if it was good enough to start off a genre and people going back from imdb and rotten tomatoes say it's actually a good movie I'm excited. I mm -hmm. can get behind this. Or, I don't know, if, if really the, it's going to be the pacing a lot for me is, are they pacing it too fast? Are they focusing too much on let's make it weird because we're trying to do something edgy and different and outre and whatever. Um, um, if, if they're trying to do anything too weird, it's probably going to lose me. It's going to be a really fine line as far as good or bad. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, is that, again, I just generally don't have as much tolerance for these, and I think the pacing for me is what's going to do it. Mm -hmm. Because for those of you who haven't seen Suspiria, like, part of the the great thing about that movie was that the the soundtrack was done by a prog rock band called Goblin, oh. and even when nothing was happening, oh. it felt like shit okay. was happening. Wow. Um, so... I'm also interested to see about the soundtrack of this mm -hmm. one too, because I have yet to watch an Italian movie like of this era mm -hmm. that does not have just a banger soundtrack because <laughs> yeah. you've got like Goblin doing Suspiria. Uh, you have um, Ennio Morricone doing pretty much every <laughs> yeah. spaghetti Western. And even when he doesn't, people are very much, it's very much in that similar vein, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually also excited to see what the soundtrack is like, because I feel like that's going to maybe, with my, like my limited experience of giallos, mm -hmm. is that the soundtrack might actually make or break this for me. <laughs> so it's going to be pacing, perceived pacing, mm -hmm. via the soundtrack, and then also if it just has a good mystery. And yeah. if it does, like, I, I, think, I think I'm going to be sold on this, and I'm probably going to go back and watch a bunch more then, <laughs> get really into it. Oh, that was the other one. Oh, no, I, that's not the name of the film, but uh, Lucio Fulci was one of the mm -hmm. other directors who did a lot of giallos as well. Okay, yeah. I can't remember the one that I was thinking off the top of my head, but anyway, he's <laughs> one of the other directors. Sorry, tangent. Just say, like, Margarita Pizza. That's Italian, right? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Giallo film. It's a giallo film. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, that's perfect. So I guess with that said, do you have anything else or do you want to rate this on a scale of zero to five Snake Pliskins tentatively? I am ready for a very tentative rating. Like there's a lot of factors going into this already that could pull it one direction or the other. So I... I'm going to go on the low end of what I think I will actually end up being. I think I will be higher than what I'm about to give it, but I will say two snake pliskins. Two snake snake pliskins. And again, I think that will be low. I hope that will be low because I'd like to enjoy this movie, especially if there's more Giallo type films out there, which there are, and I haven't seen them. Especially since like, you know, you know, if you don't like slashers, but you like Mm -hmm. mysteries, but you also can like slashers when they have mysteries. Yeah. That's kind of the whole point of this genre. (laughs) Is that they're, you know, slashers with yeah. mysteries and pulpy. I feel like I'm going to love or hate this one. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to hedge it a little bit because I feel like, I think me of like a couple years ago mm-hmm. would have been like, I'll love it or hate it. And it's going to be a one or a five or, or a zero or a five, right? I think now I've, I've seen a few and I think I've gotten more of a broader idea of different genres through this, especially exploring through this podcast mm-hmm. of what I do and I don't like kind of feeling through what I like. Yeah. I think I'm going to take a little bit more of a moderate approach. I think I am going to honestly like it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to be my favorite, but I think it will, like you said, I think it'll maybe propel me yeah. further into the giallo. Like this mm-hmm. was good and it had potential, but what else is there? Yeah. Right. Who, who took this and made it a genre that we know and love today yeah. versus this failure at the box office? Exactly. First, I mean, because again, I've seen Suspiria, which I, I love mm-hmm. and like, if it's anywhere near as good as that one, mm-hmm. I think I'm probably gonna, you know, yeah. gonna like it. So I, I think I'm gonna go with a with a solid three on this one, tentatively, and then I guess we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Uh, not right now. All right, cool. Well, we'll see you on the other side. Yep. Peace. A house of high fashion, a dazzling whirl of elegance exotic extravagant beauties an adventurous journey into the devastating allure of the most sophisticated women and their intimate secrets suddenly these lace curtains ignite a drama that will lacerate your emotions blood and black lace back to the movies we've never seen podcast i'm your host mike and i'm joined by michael hello we are back from watching blood and black lace from 1964 directed by mario baba yes so this was your first giallo michael Mm. it there was a lot to digest here at least for me coming into this wide-eyed and bushy-tailed i guess Um, yeah I was surprised by it. I've seen more giallos than you. Now, mm-hmm. I am by no means an expert on giallos. I've seen mm-hmm. probably, I could probably count on 
maybe one hand. I probably would need two hands to mm -hmm. count, but it would probably be like on that low end, like the six, seven range, yeah. you know? I haven't seen a lot, and it's mm -hmm. been more in the last like four or five years that I've even seen any. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm relatively new to the genre, but this one was, again, credited as one of the very first. So I want your thoughts, I guess, as what was your just initial impression of this? That there's a lot. It's weird because I feel not a huge amount happened in this movie. It, it felt slow all the way through, which isn't bad. Mm -hmm. But I still feel there's a lot to unpack about how I felt about this movie exactly. I'm not going to say I loved it. I definitely didn't hate it. Initial thoughts, I think it encouraged me to watch other Giallo movies, which is a good thing? Yes, I, I would say I'm probably fairly close to you in that same boat. I, I, I enjoyed it more than I think I probably thought I would have. Mm -hmm. Spoilers for the end of this episode. Oh, no. But I think that I was maybe surprised. I wasn't really going into it with high expectations. Mm -hmm. I thought it's going to be sort of a cheesy mystery film. I think that it did everything that it tried to do fairly well. Mm -hmm. Like, it... It had a decent mystery that it wasn't overly complex. No. But it was at least sort of like, oh, you still kind of had that little bit of a punch at the end where mm -hmm. it sort of, they did a switcheroo and it's like, it wasn't entirely unforeseen, but it yeah. wasn't necessarily all the way telegraphed from the very first moment of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then they had some, you know, quite, not really, I guess, not really gory, I wouldn't no. say. But they were, I guess, for the time, pretty extreme kills. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, it was a fairly high body count. I think there was like four or five people. Uh, I'm say. trying to think. Uh, one, two, three victims of the murderers, correct? I believe so, yeah. And, and then, then the, the two murderers, two murderers at the end. At the yeah. end yeah. Um, which was, which was uh, again, not a high, high body count, mm -hmm. but for a general, like, for murder mystery, yeah. usually you get like one, two tops. Mm hmm you know, and usually it's just the one, the, the, the red herring cadaver. <laughs> and then you have the other person sort of, you know, doing this. I think a lot of what it was is that it was also in like a really cool sort of set piece. Mm -hmm. It's more so that it was just sort of a visual thing. Like, oh, they've yeah. got all these cool sets, these mm -hmm. cool backdrops. Um, I guess to, before we start off here to remind us, uh, I gave it a tentative three of five snake Pliskins mm -hmm. and you gave it a tentative two of five snake Pliskins. Mm -hmm. What what other thoughts do you have on the movie? Go ahead and, I guess, kick us off here. So one of the things I kind of didn't like, and this goes for the, just the whole movie, is it felt maybe a little underdeveloped. They had the really good buildup at the beginning. Ladies walking down the alley in the dark, or I guess up the driveway in the dark, I think mm -hmm. is what it was, to the, uh, the fashion house. No building i'm not really sure what to call that either the place where they had fashion shows um she's walking in the dark she's clearly being tailed you know she's gonna get killed and then she gets killed then there is the development that she had this journal everyone focuses on that journal because everyone's clearly got some reason to want that hidden destroyed or their page taken out of that journal i thought that was really good what actually happened with it, it just felt a little underdeveloped, almost like I wanted the movie to be half an hour longer, where it in-depth attacked every single potential suspect in the movie to say, 
this person was pregnant when she shouldn't have been. That's why her name was written in the journal. Let's go into that and see what that's all about. You know, this person was borrowing money. Let's see what that's all about. This person was um, on drugs or is a drug addict. Let's see what that's all about. I, I felt like the characters were underdeveloped in that sense. Yeah. Like it, it gave you the impression of what you needed, but n not really anything more than that. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't really in-depth go into characterizations mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It really just sort of told the story, and that mm -hmm. was sort of it. it. It was the sort of the linchpin of it. I thought it was kind of weird, too, that they that the journal got burned so early yeah. in the movie, too. Because I'm like, wait, is this over? And I had to stop and like see how much time was left. I'm like, no, no. It's, not, it's like halfway through the movie. There's yeah. still a whole half of this left. <laughs> um, I think you're right. I think it also did feel rushed, but I think mm -hmm. the parts where it slowed down were the parts where it was that sort of that black gloved mm -hmm. masked killer yes. stalking people, which I think is what it did very well. Yes. On by the same token is that yeah, it kind of lacked here and it I think you're right, it could have mm -hmm. been longer to explore all those things. But I don't think that was what Mario Baba was <laughs> going for. I think he just yeah. wanted shocking kills. They shocked me, I will admit. Yeah, I they they really did. I mean man that that like the the scene where it was like them like, and some of it was even a little hard to watch at times. Mm -hmm. The bit where he's, like, just kind of, like, uh, beating the one the one girl and the other, especially the one where they were, uh, you know, with the, the hot irons and the... Oh, and yeah. The, the, um... Dude, like, hot metal on skin is just one of, the, one of my, I can't do that. That makes me gag so hard. Like, caustic burns doesn't bother me. You throw someone in a pool of acid, oh, you got wrecked, dude. Doesn't matter. You put someone's face on a hot poker, I, I might close my eyes for the rest of this scene. Oh, gosh. <laughs> ugh. Like, ugh. The, the kills were good, and they built up to it very well, It I was thought. suspenseful. Mm -hmm. it, it really was, especially in the, like, the motion of the scenes, mm -hmm. how far, how, you know, fast it went. Because yeah. like you said, this was a very slow movie. Mm -hmm. For being relatively short yeah like what an hour and a half maybe it was maybe even a little bit under an hour and a half i believe yeah. i don't think it was quite the full hour and a half i think with credits it might have just barely made it there Dang, yeah. um but it, it was i mean it was sort of an inoffensive i guess <laughs> inoffensive i say but it was it was an inoffensive murder mystery that could mm -hmm. have been expounded upon a, a lot more um what were your sort of i guess to pick your brain because mm -hmm. this is a giallo you've seen mm -hmm. other murder mysteries you've seen other slasher films mm -hmm. what do you see as the difference again sort of this kicking off a genre what do you see as the difference between this and i guess other murder mysteries that you could or horror films that you can differentiate as ah yeah this this is very italian obviously other than like <laughs> a lot of people being offensively italian in this movie <laughs> because they were all italian yeah so to call it specifically italian i'm not really sure i feel like maybe in of all the whodunit style movies I've seen, the cynosure in this movie is supposed to be the detective. The detective in Blood and Black Lace is kind of secondary, I, I guess. You don't really focus on him so much. I don't honestly even remember his name. Yeah. Um, he's just the detective, or I think they might have called him the inspector. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. He's just, he's kind of there. He's not really solving any big mysteries he doesn't solve the mystery in the end himself it kind of solves itself uh, yeah more so than him having any hand in it uh he's not really an impetus at all 
that kind of threw me off the whole time. I don't know if that's true for other giallos, but that that's the one thing I really focused on is being there's no one really successfully solving this crime. Most of the time, from what I've seen, in the ones that I've seen, so like uh, Cat of Nine Tails, Suspiria is a different animal in and of itself. Like it's, but in all of the movies that I have seen, I think that is sort of, I think you maybe hit it, is that that is sort of a hallmark because there's really not a clear, I guess, protagonist yeah in these movies it usually follows these women mm-hmm. um like you're almost it's almost like a voyeuristic like you're you're watching along with the killer like you mm-hmm. know who's getting killed but you in turn also don't know who, who mm-hmm. the killer is until a certain point it's almost in these movies like you are watching as a voyeur along with this killer mm-hmm. and the people are trying to solve the crimes you're committing mm-hmm. right and I think that's sort of the hallmark of a lot of these that I have seen. And this one is no exception because you you don't, again, the the detective is seen as almost adversarial in most yeah, cases. Honestly. Like he's he's seen as sort of like a of, of an obstacle mm-hmm. that you need to get through because he's never, he's clearly there trying to solve the murder and yeah. save these people, but which is like a noble. more like it's his job, not like it's his calling. Even. Yeah. He's not Hercule Poirot, no. who, like, it's his raison d'etre. Like, it's yeah. not it's not that. <laughs> like, it's not his sort of, like, I need to solve mysteries mm-hmm. or I will die. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is my job. I go home at night to my family. Um, <laughs> I, I eat the spagat like everyone else. It's, yeah. <laughs> boppity boopity bob you know bob's your uncle it's here, here's the thing this is what i do but he's seen as like as an obstacle really because mm-hmm. it's like oh everyone in this movie because like anyone he could say is a more of a protagonist mm-hmm. or at least sympathetic character sees him as adversarial mm-hmm. especially the murderer who you kind of are following right mm-hmm. i mean you at certain times follow other people but realistically i think that it's you're following it from their eyes like you're meant mm-hmm. to be like you know, ah, I'm watching them, you know, but from afar sort of yeah. thing. I don't know. That That's kind of the, the impressions that I have gotten with a lot of these giallos that I've seen. So I think you're pretty well spot on with them. Um, the other things that I kind of see with this genre, I guess, um, with the giallos specifically, I mean, you don't, it really is that hybrid. Because mm-hmm. you don't see, and I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain for like movies that are, thrillers that have like that body count right Mm -hmm. that are sort of from that perspective that don't have a clear like protagonist the 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 closest one that i can really think of off the top of my head right now is like i mean i guess you've got silence of the lambs but really there's another that's a different sort of thing almost Mm -hmm. because you are looking at it from the hannibal lecter sort of point of view but more so from clarice starling because you literally have first person point of view (laughs) Yeah. in her like in her you know oh, shoes yeah. <laughs> so it's not really even like a one for one thing and that's the closest thing i can think of at this point in time like i i don't know do you have any other movies that you because i i feel like you at least watch more mysteries than i do i watch tv mysteries i don't really watch mystery <laughs> movies uh you know it, it's i was trying to think of something that even felt remotely like this and I felt if you draw the di- the Venn diagram of this movie, it touches really close to a lot of different movies. Like there's the horror elements, there's the whodunit elements, there's the weird mystery, and then you, you get the weird voyeurism, I, 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 I guess. I, I can't think of a movie that's like this except for this movie. 
So I just have to watch Blood and Black Lace again to know what movies are like Blood and Black Lace. Yeah, I will say it is very much in, in a similar vein to, again, Suspiria, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you really... Again, Suspiria is a little bit... It's way more on the horror side mm-hmm. of, of elements, and it has more traditional horror themes. But Suspiria does also have... Um, you know, it, it has murders, and there are cops investigating mm-hmm. it, but they are, again, seen as sort of an object. Now, that mm-hmm. one does have a clear sort of protagonist Mm -hmm. Uh, there's you know the character of Susie but she's really almost more again she's not really a protagonist she's just the girl you're following Mm -hmm. right she is the one you you root for to get through but you are watching her as sort of this other entity that is divorced of things Mm -hmm. and I think that that might be one of the one of the hallmarks of this is that if there's a real clear protagonist, I don't know that it can be a giallo. And again, I, I am by no means an expert on yeah. giallos, but all the ones I've seen have not really had clear or strong protagonists, yeah. right? It's been, you're watching this girl and the best you can say is that I hope she gets out alive. I'm, I'm behind that. And as you were talking, I did think of one that it's not, it's not a giallo and it's not exactly what we're looking for, but it does touch on a lot of the, you are watching as a voyeur to see these things happen. You are rooting for someone in this movie and that, that, that desire is thwarted when the person is ultimately killed at the end. But uh, funny games is sort of in that same sense of the killers come to the house. They do their killer things the whole time you're going, yes, I want to watch people die. I also want the killers to get it then they don't and it just yeah she's getting ready to slice the ropes with the knife that's fallen into the boat so she can stab the two guys and get away and they just push her over the edge after kicking the knife away the best ending to a movie i think i've seen in a long okay not the best but i really like the ending of that movie that's in a way what this kind of felt like except without i wasn't rooting for anyone that's as close as I think we're going to get with voyeurism in movies. Yeah, at least I, as I can think of. I didn't even think about Funny Games, but you're right. Uh, funny Games is, it follows a lot of those similar bones. Now, mm-hmm. again, the difference with Funny Games is that it is, well, I don't know. It, it, there's less mystery to Funny Games, yeah. too. There's not really a whodunit or anything. Mm-hmm. It is literally just like a home invasion pretty much yeah. through and through. But you're right. I think it does have that voyeuristic feel to it. It does have that element to it. Um, but you're right. The Venn diagram is like there's there's so many circles, mm-hmm. and Giallo touches them, but they yes. it doesn't. It's not fully in one or the other. <laughs> I think the most you could say about this movie is it's closer to just a regular murder mystery. Mm-hmm. But then again, like you have all the other elements, and it's so hard to place. And I think that's why it has its own sort of defining genre, mm-hmm. right? But then again. I, I've, I've looked into it and I've read, and I think a lot of people are contentious on mm-hmm. what they think constitutes a giallo, which, again, it's an Italian you know mystery film of a certain era. If you want to define it that way, that's kind of boring, <laughs> like whatever. Um, I don't know. What other things did you... All right, I guess we'll go this way. What, what things did you not like about this movie? What other things? Because then you said the pacing was mm-hmm. a bit off for yeah. you. That the underdeveloped characters, the, I gotta be honest, it's acting better in other Giallo movies because it just felt kind of flat for a lot of things. Is it supposed to be that way? I, 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 especially the inspector guy who's just like, I am going to find the killer. I was waiting for him to 
jump on stage with Vincent Price and just be like, aha, we're at the house on Haunted Hill now. Killer. Over the top almost, but <laughs> not quite there. The acting was not, I didn't feel like I believed any of these people as what their role was supposed to be. I just looked at them all as very bad actors. Well, to go back to the the beginning, like the first half of this movie, or of this episode, the first half of the movie, the first half of the episode, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about how this was like, this was such an under-budget film. Okay, and and yeah. I think that part of that too is that, and I haven't seen other Mario Baba movies, or mm-hmm. at least I can't remember seeing. I might have. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember who all the directors were that I've seen, but I've seen a few other a few other giallos and Mm -hmm. i'll go back to suspiria again on this one it Mm -hmm. might be one it's probably my favorite one that i've seen it is very much you know much better acted okay yeah so i think that this one might have been a product of this is a quick movie that we are (laughs) making because like ah i've got a vision i'm gonna Mm -hmm. do it and i just do it and it's done okay and then it's out there in the ether we haven't like we're only doing one take guys (laughs) we don't have time we don't have the budget to do multiple (laughs) takes And I think that that might have been it because it does, you're right, it has a certain, I guess, a flatness to it. Mm -hmm. Then again, I want to say that that might have been kind of the style of the time because have you, like, even Hollywood movies from the 60s, the 60s is such a weird (laughs) era of movies for me. I don't feel like I've seen a lot, but at the same time, I feel like I've seen too many. (laughs) And I I can't name any off the top of my head, but there's a lot of like these just sort of like movies that I'm thinking like I can see them in my mind where they're Mm -hmm. sort of like the the Technicolor Mm. movies where they're they're switching over from like, you know, uh, from black and whites to Mm -hmm. color movies and you've got all these actors like i guess what you get some early charles bronson but mm-hmm. like other other people of that like ilk and i can't even name them there's just so many people that i don't know about it's just this weird like it feels like hippie movies that they're just producing <laughs> and they don't really care because they're like mm-hmm. i don't know man we're not perfectionists we're just gonna throw this movie out here <laughs> i guess dennis hopper films in the yes. 60s dennis hopper yeah. that's I'm, I'm probably thinking of like five Dennis Hopper films right now is what is what I'm saying. I just don't quite, I just don't quite get them. I'm not talking about like, like the, the cowboy movies, you know, the oh, Westerns. No. I'm talking about like the ones that are like meant to be like, I mean, even the Bond movies have that sort of je ne sais quoi about mm. them where it's like, sometimes the actors are just really flat. And I think that might be a product of the sixties. Maybe, you know what? I've got a theory as to what it is. I don't know. Do, have you noticed this? <laughs> flat acting? Flat, okay. The, the Like the flat acting generally of the 60s. I, I, I have want to, to attribute go it through to the list of what movies have I watched that are from the 60s. Because much like with the, what's the name of that actor who's in that movie who plays next to so-and-so on screen? I could not for the life of me tell you when a movie came out unless you told me the year it came out 10 seconds ago. I thought this was a 1950s movie. Mm. Yeah, this is, this is, a, this is 1964. Mm. My theory is that at the time, you, you know, another program that was going on mm-hmm. at the time, especially in Hollywood, was, was a little thing called MKUltra. And MKUltra, uh, as you may or may not know, mm-hmm. is essentially a program that was uh, has been declassified since by the CIA, uh, where they would essentially do mind control experiments using LSD and other drugs to try to see if they could mind control people. 
I think that part of this is that there were a lot of people in Hollywood that were mm -hmm. attached to this. Now, I I want to say that maybe, maybe just mm -hmm. maybe, a lot of the flat affect that you see of the 60s was not because people were bad actors, or in the early 70s even for that matter, was not because they were bad actors, but because they were uh, participants, maybe unwittingly, of MK Ultra and were oh. just stoned, glassed out of their mind <laughs> by LSD. I prefer that too. There was just a slew of bad acting in movies um, because that's m actually more terrifying than just bad acting and not funnier than the truth kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm behind that. Okay. I, I, I support this. Again, my wild conjecture about all movies <laughs> from the 60s is just, is just that. Because <laughs> again, I can't name any of these movies, mm -hmm. right? It's just, I have a feeling, like I've seen a lot of them and mm -hmm. I can't name them. These are these are movies that were on like in the background that my like my grandma watched yeah. or like something that was on on TV and I kind of half paid attention <laughs> to and it's like you don't get people just doing emotions they they're not emoting it's just they're kind of like there man <laughs> like yeah, yeah I'm here I'm doing it it's like my star sign or something yo <laughs> I get that sort of same vibe from this because it is the sixties. But I think in Blood and Black Lace's favor, I guess, is that they didn't look like they were all stoned. Some of them might have been on the drugs that they were accused of taking in the yeah, movie, which absolutely. might have been part of it. But I think that a lot of them were just maybe, you know, B-list Italian actors <laughs> who, or even C-list Italian actors who just needed a job and this was the best thing they could get. And they just had a short budget and they couldn't do multiple takes. I, I want right. to say that that's the case, but... I, <laughs> I'm trying my best to defend these guys it, here. It might be a mix of all of those. And it wasn't enough that to make me hate the movie. So I'm just going to let that slide and be its own thing. Because there were things I certainly liked about the movie. Um, the build-up to all of the kills, I thought, was really outstandingly well done. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It was. They were all phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal build-up. Like, it was suspenseful. When yeah. some, when, like, you knew someone was going to die. Oh, but yeah. It really just, like, you knew it was going to happen, and it just built that tension so well, mm -hmm. and then as soon as it happened, it was like, pop, and it was, oh, yeah. it was perfect. It was, like, so good. The uh, the kill we talked about earlier with the hot, I guess she doesn't kill her with the hot poker, but he's got the, is that the third victim? I believe the third I victim. I believe that's the third victim. Has been kidnapped because they're trying to find the diary, and she says, I burned it, I burned it, I burned it, but I guess they don't believe her, so they kidnap her and take her back. And then in the the throes of being tortured, she yanks his mask off and she sees who the killer is. I went, in my head, I just went, oh, that was the wrong move. And then it's all over. That was really well done, the build up to that. So, yeah. Ugh. And again, hot metal on skin is one of my worst fears. Yeah, like, it's ugh. it's rough. Uh, just the, the sizzle. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes you question making a, a steak on the, <laughs> on the cast iron. Oh, God. Uh, at least for like a week and then you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I, that was a weird tangent. I don't mm -hmm. know what I'm on about, honestly. I, does it feel like, and then again, you just, you, mm -hmm. you don't really have the, I guess the same view of it to me, but mm -hmm. like there's, there's a certain era of time of movies where mm -hmm. the acting is just different. Yeah. And I think it might just be a generational thing of what mm -hmm. the expectations are of what acting is mm -hmm. and how actors act because you go and watch like something from the 1930s and mm -hmm. it is different from the 1940s and oh, it's yeah. different from the 1980s and just like you know movies from 
you know, 10 years ago are wildly different from movies of 20 <laughs> years ago. Like, oh yeah, it, 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 there is a difference in acting styles. Now, I think it's been, at least during our lifetimes, maybe a little bit more uniformed and mm-hmm. gradual. It's been more homogenized. But I think that it kind of maybe was even feeling out what it was, you know, what this, I guess, burgeoning art form was trying to be. Because, yeah. you know, it, it uh, you know, it's only, oh gosh, I, I think it, I mean, at this point, it's a hundred years old, basically, just about. Oh God. Or more than a hundred years old. Oh wow. But I mean, it's yeah. only an art form that has been around for a hundred years. <laughs> so, or give yeah. or take. But it is still just this, like, it's evolving all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think we've hit a point where I think most people have sort of, like, the expectation of mm-hmm. here's here's what a good actor is and what they do. Yeah. Uh, and you still have that from, like, back in the day. You still see people with, like, bits of that. But it was a different style. But mm-hmm. they kind of still capture that essence of what we think is a good actor. But I don't think that that's always the case. There there were definitely generations where it felt like a lot of movies were samey and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like a lot of movies of the 80s were very, like you could tell it's an <laughs> 80s movie, yeah. right? If not just by the look of a thing, by how people act in it. <laughs> and I guess also the cultural references, but mm-hmm. realistically, like that's the thing. I think that a lot of what this is, at least from Blood and Black Lace is a lot of that. It's just Mm -hmm. maybe people trying to feel out, and again, Mario Bava trying to feel out a new genre. Yeah. Like, he's doing this thing (laughs) that is at least technically revolutionary. Like, who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. What other thoughts do you have on, I guess, this as a a giallo or just as a movie in general? As as a movie in general, the only other complaint I'm going to make, because again, I didn't hate this movie. I, I felt the music drew away from it at parts. Like, it didn't, develop in the way i expected it to and i don't know if this is also just a thing for giallo films like we have i i liked the music but i felt the themes didn't fit what was happening on screen every time i think that that is also a product of italian cinema Mm -hmm. if there is one thing italy has ever done right Mm -hmm. it's not the pasta it's not the (laughs) (laughs) it's not the papacy i don't know it's it's the one thing the italians have gotten right i think is musical scores in films mm-hmm. i liked the score of blood and black lace mm-hmm. having seen other giallos having seen obviously a bunch of spaghetti westerns mm-hmm. i think that really what makes the movie good i think a lot of the times is the soundtrack i get what you're saying in this one mm-hmm. it didn't fit as well as some others that i've mm-hmm. seen have like i think this one was a bit off in like you yeah. said the thematicness of it but again, I'll go back to Suspiria. Man, nothing happens in that movie for such a long time. But the tension is so, yeah. so high simply because of the soundtrack. And it feels like it's moving way faster than it does. And I think that having these like banger soundtracks that don't quite match with the mm-hmm. with these... Usually, it's almost always a, a faster moving soundtrack and a slower moving movie. Okay, is yeah. what it feels yeah. like it always is. And usually, the better the soundtrack and the more, mm-hmm. like, the faster it is and yeah. the slower the movie, the better it is. I don't know what it is, the correlation. I think in this movie, the soundtrack just didn't go fast enough. <laughs> I'm um, behind that, yes. It, it didn't hit the beats, but when it did, I think it did it well. Like, especially during the, the scenes where, you know, the murder scenes. Oh, yeah. It was perfect. Like, mm-hmm. it was it was tense. It ratcheted everything up to 11. But I think in those, when it was a downtime, it was still very fast. Mm-hmm. But that's... Again, I think it's just a hallmark of 
Italian cinema is that they have to have these rushing, fast-paced, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like very adrenaline-fueled um, soundtracks mm-hmm. to them, the scores. I, I don't know. I Again, I, I, I think what this movie has done more than anything is just firmly solidify in my mind that I do definitely need to watch more Giallos. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a handful, but it's it's not enough. I liked it. Was it my favorite? No, but yeah, I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts, I um, guess, on any of that? Like I said earlier, I, I want to see more Giallos because with, with this as, if not the original, one of like the, the very first, and we're making this a genre now, it, it I don't want to say it felt experimental because it really didn't. It felt like he knew what he was at least trying to do and he got the movie out there. Um, I, I feel if it had been developed more, it would be better. And I want a more, I guess refined is not the right word, but a more solidified, this is the movie that we are making. This is the genre. You know what you're getting yourself into. And I want to watch more of them to figure out what happened to the genre, I guess, if there's no better way of putting it. Like, what what happened after Blood and Black Lace? I want to say lots of crazy things. And I guess I need to watch Suspiria now. That's going to be on yeah. the list somewhere I, I would definitely recommend Suspiria for you on that mm-hmm. one because you're much more of a horror person. Mm-hmm. And I think that one would basically kind of draw you in more than maybe Blood and Black Lace. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's very, it's one of my favorites so far. Mm-hmm. Again, I haven't seen a lot, but I, I yeah. want to see more. And that's my favorite so far. This one was pretty solid. Um, if you had to basically pair this movie with anything else, if you were going to you know, have a movie night and you were doing a double feature, what do yeah. you think you would pair Blood and Black Lace with? There are, because again, look at that Venn diagram. It's touching so many different circles outside of being a giallo it's really hard to say what would be a bad pairing with this movie almost because i can see having this be either the parity for the dgst for a whodunit like just an actual whodunit like watch this then watch knives out or watch murder on the orient and express and then watch this movie as just kind of a this is a different way of doing it or watch a slasher film, then watch this. Or watch this, then watch a slasher film. I, I can't think of a single movie I, I would want to pair this with. I, I, I could tack this on to any number of movies, which is kind of weird for me. I would almost say funny games, but I think too much of that in one sitting. That voyeuristic film watching would kind of drive one mad. Yeah, funny games is honestly one of those movies where I don't know that I would pair it with anything other mm-hmm. than a comedy just because I think yeah. you need something like that after yeah. <laughs> after funny games. You're right. I think I think too much voyeurism in this case, especially if you add funny games onto mm-hmm. it, would probably break you. <laughs> especially if vo- funny games was the second movie. Oh gosh. Oh gosh, you would just be left comatose in your misery. I wouldn't really want to watch a comedy around this, although the contrast might help the comedy yeah um maybe like an action movie honestly something to just flip the pacing around or like a western i could watch a western after this but like a a more action oriented one where there's a lot more going on way more gunfights than are really needed in your average western i can't think of a single movie i would pair this with yeah i (laughs) i don't either i think you hit the nail on the head is that this movie would pair very well with something and i think that this would be a i guess sort of a a side grade to a movie where it's like ah yes 
I am showing you this mystery, mm-hmm. uh, this traditional mystery here, but then here's this mystery, yes. which is a little bit different. I, I do like your recommendation. I think, you know, just maybe some like, I would even throw like, just like Hitchcock maybe. Uh, oh, one of my man. go-tos is always like the 39 Steps. That might be yeah. my favorite Hitchcock film. I think this would pair well with it. It's sort of of a similar era. Mm-hmm. Uh, 39 Steps is a black and white film, so it's a little earlier. But I think you mm-hmm. could do that where it's like, I, this is sort of the you know uh, a mystery uh, with a pure actual protagonist. Yeah. All these things are happening to him. Uh, he's on the run, mm-hmm. everything like that. Um, but you still get some of that voyeurism in there. Even you still get some of that yeah. voyeurism of sort of watching him from afar, like yeah. you're chasing him too, yeah. right? Like or in that. or in this case, you know, you're you're chasing him and you you want him to get away. <laughs> um, you're kind of you know in Blood and Black Lace, you're chasing someone, you're rooting for them, but you're also kind of hoping that they some people <laughs> die because that's the movie. Yeah, I, I really like that pairing. That. I'm I'm applauding you. I'm not doing it because it might hurt the microphone. I don't know, or like <laughs> spike the uh, spike all your levels. But uh, I'm applauding. That was very well done. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I have a spark of inspiration every <laughs> once in a while. I think they would they would go well with each other. It'd yeah. be a very good mouthfeel of just complementing films, but mm-hmm. different enough that you. Yeah. It's like the same mouthfeel, but just different flavors. <laughs> oh. Another thing I hate is the word mouthfeel. That and burning people with hot metal. Just two, two right up there, upper echelons of make Michael really cringy. The mouthfeel of people <laughs> burning with metal. Oh, gosh. Like, you know, shove someone in an Iron Maiden. That's fine. Put them in that bowl thing that whatever that guy is made. That... <laughs> what, the bronze bowl? I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Whew. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I guess with that said, do you have anything else on Blood and Black Lace? Um, I liked it more than I thought I would. I at first I thought I was going into it for the mystery, and then I'm glad we had this discussion because the more we talked about it, the more I went, no, it really isn't about the mystery or the detective. It, it does feel very voyeuristic. So I feel like we've unpacked a lot of my my thoughts going, I have no idea what to think about this movie. I'm glad I watched this for this show because if I just watched it by myself, I never would have watched another Giallo film. I would have gone, this is a stupid genre. Why would anyone watch this? Yeah, the mystery is much more a... a can- the, the mystery is the canvas instead of the... the mis- <laughs> instead of the, the canvas is, you know, you're mm-hmm. painting the mystery on the canvas, right? Yeah. It's... You've got the mystery, and now you're painting murders on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I think that made me like the film more, is having this discussion. So I might rate it higher than I was initially going to. Yes. I think that's good, right? Uh, I think that is good. I think I think we've, we've arrived at something. I think definitely mm-hmm. I'm going to have to put a few more on this list that I haven't seen, and maybe mm-hmm. we can revisit this in the future. But uh, I guess with that said... Uh, I'm glad that we enjoyed this. I'm glad that I watched this, frankly, mm-hmm. because I do want to get more into the genre. It does seem, you know, it's it's one of those niche things that I hear people talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, and I say talk about all the time, but that's in like really small film circles, right? <laughs> yeah. But like, no one really knows that the genre like is a thing, right? Yeah. Especially like Americans who's like, who don't really want to watch <laughs> subtitled movies. No. I mean, this one... Even if you have problems with subtitles, it's mm-hmm. really not that important, mm-hmm. frankly. I mean, this one was dubbed, mm-hmm. but, I mean, most, a lot of them are, but it's really not that important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the 
as what's happening on the screen visually. And that's, I think, giallos are just a very visual Mm -hmm. genre that's meant to evoke something uh, visually and not necessarily in the story. So if you're going into these for the story, probably the wrong thing, Chief. Mm -hmm. But if you're going in for a very fun, maybe suspenseful, maybe scary Mm -hmm. sort of time, uh, looking to get scared visually, yeah. I like it. What would you say on a scale of zero to five Snake Pliskins you would rate this film? Prior to this discussion, I was going to come up a little bit to a 2.3. I think now I'm coming up, uh, not a whole point, but closer to it as a solid 2.8. 2.8. five Snake Pliskins. It, it does just make me excited to watch more of these. Yeah. Um, I, I think... I liked it a little bit more. I was actually very excited about this movie watching. This is mm-hmm. this is one of the ones that I was just I kind of put on the list randomly, and I'm like I'm really excited about this. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it thrilled me a lot, a lot, and I kind of want to revisit the movie again. I will I will watch this again. Mm-hmm. I think it was definitely a solid three, in my in my opinion. I don't know that I can bring it up to a you know because of all the things that you said, it really does, you know. It's not the greatest mystery in the world. Mm-hmm. It has some pacing issues. The soundtrack wasn't, as much as I liked it, it didn't mm-hmm. quite hit on all the beats that I was hoping it would, you know, compared to like the Suspiria soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It just didn't hit those, but I think it was a very good, fun movie. It was above average, mm-hmm. and it definitely does deserve, I guess, to be at least viewed once, uh, especially if you get into Giallos. Maybe mm-hmm. not the first thing you ever watch, <laughs> yeah, but... It's definitely something that you could probably appreciate even if you get into it later uh, down the road. So uh, I will keep it out of three. All right. Respectable. Before we do drop this, I do want to say we missed one of the victims. Uh, The last woman they kill, they drown in the bathtub at the end. So that's four women, two killers. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So I remember seeing her face in the water going, ooh, another one one was pretty fierce. Dude, that one was pretty grisly too. Just ugh. Drowning and people getting burned with metal, probably top two up there. Throwing into a bog, I'm not watching the rest of your movie. That's that's it. I'm stopping there. <laughs> Gosh. Well, I was gonna say, have you seen this is a this is a mad tangent, but I think all of those things happen in um have you seen Black Death? Well, I don't think I will ever see it now. Starring Sean Bean. Uh my brother Chris watched and said that was the most depressing movie I've ever seen. I think it has literally all of those oh things in it. I can't watch it that i can i i have it actually it's sitting right over there on my shelf in blue on blu-ray dude like when you're when you throw someone to like a peat bog they're preserved forever you can pull them out later and just find their body that terrifies me that's uh... and they also drown yes like and uh, drowning is not a fun way to go at all like i would rather after having thought about it, I would rather be in a submarine speeding toward the depths of the ocean because once a hole is punctured in the hull, you're dead in like zero seconds flat because the pressure just destroys you. When you drown, there's like slow pain. <laughs> I'm now horrified. I'm not watching Black Death. It's Black Death. All right, yeah. I'll watch it. It's got Sean Bean in it. it. Yeah, he's great in everything he's in too. Damn. Yeah. <sighs> All right, well, maybe I'll watch it. Okay, well, with that said, uh, we'll stop it here. Go watch Blood and Black Lace and I guess maybe Black Death. Uh, One or the other. One or the other. Watch one of them, uh, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace.
And I wonder if it really was. I think it was always was show business. I think they were pretending to be factories, and it was still show business. I heard myself speaking these terrible corny lines, and there I was stuck with $350,000 worth of show, and I had to get on somehow. Plus, at the time, oh, they were real jerks. Plus, plus, at the time, really pieces of work. Plus, plus, at the time. Did you see Armageddon? I assure you that I would rather have been shot. Plus, plus, at the time. Did you see Armageddon? I assure you that I would rather have been shot. I really did, because he was a monster. But they all were, or almost all of them, those guys. He came on as a monster, you know. He snarled at you, you know, like that. Plus, plus, at the time. He was a monster, you know, like that. Plus, plus, at the time. I assure you that I would rather have been shot. Follow us on Twitter at MWNS Podcast or contact us at MWNS Podcast at ProtonMail.com. All music used in this episode is produced by Young Carts and used with license. <laughs> <laughs>